Hey, mother. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm Michelle Wojo Wojcikowski. I'm Brad Barrowi. I'm John Quattrucci. I'm Drew Gould. Wow, these are a lot of introductions. Good job, everybody. And now everyone's, everyone who was watching is gone. God, That's you all... nine minutes. We're done. How was your week, everyone? Everybody good? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, all sure. right, so let's start off with a little... <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, sure, we'll go yeah, with well, that. Yeah, well, the Ravens lost this week against uh, Kansas City. Show us your hat, Brad. There you Kansas go. City's, Kansas City's Ravens. tough. They're going to be tough. Yeah, they're yeah. tough. That's okay. Uh, good too. They, won't, they don't have to play them anymore. All right, let's do a little round of what did you watch today? This week, I mean. Let's start with John. Uh, well, I brought up an Elvis movie last week. I watched another Elvis movie this week. Oh, um, God. He doesn't get a lot of credit for his acting because some of his movies are pretty bad. But one of the better ones was Jailhouse Rock. He was really good in it. We were I watching that it movie. And uh, one story about the, the woman who played the leading lady died before the movie was released in a car crash. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. never watched the movie because of it. But it's one of his best. It's not as good as King Creole, but one of his best performances. Yeah, I was going to say that. Music was great in it. Absolutely. Wait, great. wait. He could never watch the movie, or yeah, she he couldn't, couldn't watch it. Oh, I know she. Well, couldn't, she couldn't because she was dead. Well, yeah, she couldn't watch <laughs> it. Yeah, that's a good All call. Right. So another Elvis pick. Are you going to do Elvis every week? Is this going to uh, be your corner? You asked me what I watched. I told you. Right. At least I'm not talking right. about Clue. But please don't preface it every time <laughs> with nobody thought he was a good actor, but because that's what you know, he did it last time too. So that's fine. Next, Sean and Debbie, your square is up. Okay, this is a joke, but right after Jailhouse Rock came Rebel Without a Cause. You're tearing me apart! Didn't you trash on that movie last week? <laughs> we were trashing it, then ironically yeah. it was on. It was so on, we were... and we were like, oh my God, we, we were just laughing so hard. <laughs> we're thinking about Wojo. Well, not every movie can be Spitfire Grill, so. <laughs> yeah. oh, <boy>. hey. <laughs> All right, so... So that's what you watched. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Drew, you're up. Well, I, there was some programming um, on Tuesday night that I, I watched, but I'm not going to talk about it. No, no you're not. None of us. It, no. So I watched something else that was uh, was actually surprisingly good and kind of upsetting in a good way. I watched The Outpost, which is Rod Lurie's new movie. He's that film critic oh. director. He yeah. did... Um, I'm looking at his credits. He did uh, uh, the, the last Contender Castle. and the Last Castle, and yeah. he actually did a TV show about FBI agents called Line of Fire, like 15 years ago. That was was really good. And this is based on Jake Tapper's book about a really awful battle in um, Afghanistan. For some reason, the military decided to put a base in the bottom of a valley surrounded by mountains, which surprisingly enough, where one day hundreds strategic. of Taliban fighters. Yeah. So um, the movie is. Uh, it, it's it's okay it, for the first hour or so, and then they start the battle, and it, it was well, frankly was more intense than I expected. And some of the really crazy stuff that's in it is um, is really what happened and how it happened. And a bunch of the guys that were there, including Medal of Honor winners and stuff, were on set consulting, and that was interesting. And it also has um, it has Clint Eastwood's son Scott Eastwood, who's very good. Uh, it has uh, Mick Jagger's son, who I think is Jack. And it has um, Mel Gibson's son, Milo Gibson. And uh, they're all good, which is nice. But it also stars Caleb Landry Jones, who is in um, Get Out and Three Billboards. Uh, oh, yeah. and a bunch of stuff. And he's like a, a wonderful, odd character. Good. Who's his Whatever. daddy? He's great. Who's what? <laughs> Who's his dad? I presume it's Mr. and Mrs. Jones, but I don't know if, if Mrs. Jones took his last name. I'm not sure. And so I, I would recommend that. It was one of those rent it for two forty nine type of things. So I, I enjoyed that. And the other thing that I started watching, which I, I know I'm late on, uh, it's spelled P E N one five, but yeah. it's basically oh, yeah. penis on Hulu. Right, right. That show is by so like the two thirty three year old women who play fifteen year olds. But they sell it like it's really how old they are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's about it's about uh, two. I guess they're in seventh grade or something. But basically, these two girls that are friends in seventh grade, and it is a cringy riot. And uh, it's been a nice antidote for some of the other things you could watch on TV this week. So, <laughs> I recommend, I recommend so wait a minute. So are these penis? I, let me get that on the record. I recommend penis. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so do I. 
Oh, nice. God. Oh, okay. now we're getting all well, creepy. Well, since we Drew go. did two there, we're going to have to take a square away. So, no, I'm kidding. Wojo <laughs> and Brad, what do you got? Um, We watched Us. Oh. Oh. The new Jordan Peele. Boy, that, 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 that just Peele. came yeah. out eight years ago. Uh, <laughs> hey. I'm kidding. <laughs> it was out last year. Out last year. I know. I'm um, joking. And so, did you enjoy it? Well, it was all right, but it wasn't. I great. here were my reactions. First, it was suspenseful, and it, I was a little scared. Then I was really angry during the movie, and then I was just like, "This is full of crap." So, um, <laughs> so I, what did you think of it, though? Honestly, I didn't find it that scary. I, I honest, but it it was not. I don't know. It did. It didn't really grab me that much. It uh, just didn't. I make well, any sense there's a reveal at and the it kind end. of dragged for a while too. it did drag it dragged. but there's this reveal kind of like an m night Shyamalan thing at the end and i said i turned to him and i said that's the reveal that that's that's stupid by that point we didn't really care we didn't care well and it kind of the reveal you could figure out pretty quickly yeah i mean you know well and but you know again coming off of get out you expect the expectations were pretty high for that one too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had the same impact that Get Out did. Yeah. No, no. But this I enjoyed was it. I thought I it was good. To figure it out. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Um, all right. Well, I saw on Netflix, which is streaming right now, a movie called The Devil All the Time, starring Tom mm-hmm. Holland. Oh, how would and, you like that? And Robert Pattinson. Is that how you say his yeah. name? Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah. I Pattinson. thought it was fantastic. It's a slow burn. Uh, it's about a two and a two hour ten minute movie. And there's a narrator that comes on that says, everybody you see in this film is going to be connected in the end. And in fact, that's what happens. It kind of jumps back and forth between time and events. So you see events from a couple of different angles mm-hmm. and just a well-written, I think a well-written film. And uh, the kid, Tom Holland did a really nice job. Um, it's all about religion. It's all about um, uh, an old town, an old town where a lot of people, you know, everybody's kind of got, everybody's bad. Essentially, everybody has the devil in them. And it's a pretty amazing film. Devil inside. I heard the Paul no, called The Devil All the Time. I heard Holland and Patterson were really good in that. Patterson was very good. Holland was very good. All of them. Um, Holland yeah, won an umbrella. Super movie. Who? Tom Holland. No, he's Spider-Man. Tom Holland. Oh, is, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he looks young. He looks like a, you know, young kid. 20, but, um, I think he's 22. Hmm. Great, great film, and you have to stick through and it and vampire, watch it right, right to the end because it's um, it's pretty good. It's also got the guy um, who was in Iron Man, not Iron Man, uh, but the other guy, Michael Caine. No, no, the it's uh, the friend, the friend of uh, Captain America. What's that, Bucky? Oh, oh, Sebastian Stan. Yeah, he's in. A, he he was in this as well. Very good. I really like him. And uh, yeah, so take take a look. I mean, it's not it's. Kind of depressing, it's kind of serious, but it's all the, well done. All right, the devil well, today, all the, time. the devil all the time. Okay. Today's film got a scars that Sean has brought to our table is a 1971 film. 71? Yes. What's it called? The Hospital. The Hospital by Patty Chayefsky. Right. And if you're a writer alone, you're you should be won over by the title of the film because it's The Hospital up there by Patty Chayefsky. It's about the only time that a writer other than Shakespeare gets the um, proprietary credits. The only time a screenwriter does. And um, shall I go into it? You might, you may. Do we, uh, well, I have a preview. Should we show the preview trailer? We'll, trailer? we'll show the preview first. How about the that? trailer? We'll show the trailer. Dr. Schaefer. Listen, did you know that Dr. Schaefer was in room 806 because he's dead? Russ, what the hell are you talking about? You know what the hell she's talking about? No. I'm afraid I don't understand. What, what, you... what Dr. Schaefer? Our Dr. Schaefer? Our Dr. Schaefer, the one who's always grabbing everybody's... Was he sick? I don't know what you're talking about. Now, what in hell am I going to tell this boy Schaefer's parents? That a substitute nurse assassinated him because she couldn't tell the doctors from the patients on the floor? My God! Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to be admitted to the hospital. Do you carry Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Mr. Mitgang, if you don't mind? Do you have your card with you? Uh Uh-uh. Do you know your number? There's no pulse, doctor. What's the pressure? There's no blood pressure, doctor. Well, back, yes, he just butchered another one of my patients. Doctor in 806. I built up one of the best damn departments of medicine in the world. Maybe crazy, doctor, but 
I don't think this is your patient. What the hell are you talking about? I'm very sorry, doctor. There's a very nasty one in the OR. What in the hell is it? Some kind of plague? What happened? No, man. Well, I don't know what happened. A man comes into this hospital in perfect health. And in the space of one week, we chop out one kidney, damage another, reduce him to coma, and damn near kill him. George C. Scott in the hospital where everything that happens is a matter of life and death. I don't suppose you'd like to call next to kid. No, thanks. This is the emergency room. One of the doctors just died of a heart attack. What the hell is going on around here? Every time I try to find somebody in this hospital, they either died of a heart attack in emergency or anesthesia shock in an operating room. Well, what are you suggesting, doctor? Do you think we have a mad killer stalking the halls of the hospital? Call the medical examiner. Go ahead. You better do that now. You better call the precinct station house as well. Cardiac arrest, Holly 8. We have an emergency here. We have established the most enormous medical entity ever conceived, and people are sicker than ever. We cure nothing. We heal nothing. George C. Scott in the hospital. Well, I got to say one thing. I really hate that trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. But, they, you know, these old trailers kind of, you know how they go. And R.I.P. We must say R.I.P. Diana Rigg as well, right? Yeah. yeah. First this American first film, right? First American <laughs> film, and she just passed away. So That's there you go. Dame Diana Rigg. Right. So, okay, Sean, tell us a little about this uh, film. Well, you know, I, um, I'll say my history. I first thought when it was released. It was the second feature at a double feature. I was 10 years old. Usually we were asleep oh. by the time the second film came on, but I was wow. up. And um, it really grabbed my attention. I can't say I understood it then. I think I understand it better now. But I was kind of confused during the initial screening of it. But um, to me, hardly any film says the 70s quite as much as this film because uh, it has such a strange idiosyncratic viewpoint. It is definitely a film that could never be made today. And I also really admire this script by um, Patty Chayefsky, a three-time Oscar winner. He's the only screenwriter to win three Oscars for writing with um, solo credits. And he was the big guy in charge. He picked. He had creative control. He picked the um, director. He picked the actors. He had to fight for George C. Scott. They had some other choices. And, um, you know, this was, this was his baby. Um, it's, it's an odd, angry, dark film. You know, it couldn't be made today. It is very much, if you look at it plot note by plot point, it is very much a blueprint for his more famous film to follow um, Network. You know, it has a lot of the strange idiosyncrasies in that one. And all, and and it also follows some of the same things you would see later in um, Altered States, his last film, which um, would ultimately um, he'd take his name off of because he lost control of that film. But this film is about a doctor, um, Herbert Bach, played by George C. Scott. He's in a midlife crisis. He has just left his wife. He has thrown one his son out of the house, a a shaggy-haired Maoist, if I'm not mistaken. And he is estranged from his daughter. Um, he, he was a once brilliant doctor. He's head of medicine at a large teaching hospital in New York City. And, um, his, and his, ultimately, all he has is his work, and his hospital is collapsing around him in, in, in madness and dysfunction. You know, people are dying because people aren't paying attention. And, all. Uh, and somebody's murdering people at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but... They're only setting him up to die. You know, essentially they need, he's, he's the uh, killer is um, setting, you know, is letting the hospital kill them. He's by incompetence, you know? So essentially this man is, um, you know, which is an odd plot point to go. And probably the strangest thing about this film, most people like this film. You read the critics review and other people talking about like it up until the middle of the movie where he has his big scene with Diana yeah. Rigg, and where uh, in a drunken, he's about to commit suicide. He's about to shoot himself up with potassium. And um, she she comes in att- essentially trying to seduce him. 
and sort of ridicules his um his um angst and his uh, melancholy and then when she comes back in and interrupts his suicide he he rapes her and only in a film in the 70s can a man rape a woman and that be the cathartic event that gets helps get his life back on back in here well the other hospital show that happened in was general hospital with luke and laura yeah same thing <laughs> Uh, but yeah both those actors have said they regret that whole storyline because it was considered the big romance of the 80s and oh you're talking about uh, general hospital yeah yeah they should but um i don't think this was a shocker yeah Uh, this was a shocker when he does that um and then you find out the next morning that she enjoyed it and they they three more times and he was you know they fall in love i mean yeah so any but that's the 70s right yeah, well, you know, it's also life in a hospital. I think my movie. wife would say that um, there's a lot of tension in hospitals that sometimes lead to um, spontaneous rapes. <laughs> yeah, but not rape. Well, but here's the thing: this this movie is so lifelike. I mean, it's just exactly what sometimes happens in a hospital with the mistakes and all the real the realism is just, you know, I incompetence goes way deep you know and one little mistake leads to the next mistake and it's it's a trickling effect you i mean you hear these things these you also hear about you know the stuff that goes on in the hospital this stuff that between human beings you know when you're so full of angst and you're working so hard and hospital work is really hard grueling tense you know work so you know sometimes that the tenseness you know the just the the of the hard work that you're doing and then you go ah, and the go. next thing you know <laughs> next thing you know you never you're know you're raping your wife what the yeah hell? well podcasting no, I, is just as stressful <laughs> oh my god all right well i mean okay it's just really a realistic and i was watching the movie and the next movie that came on the series um the next series of film or is saying elsewhere a lot of the actors are mm-hmm. in saying elsewhere is a tv show and I think that probably was the impetus for um, St. Elsewhere, those, those events. But then again, not only do you have a Which rapist, you have a totally mad religion. It takes a weird religious yeah. turn with um, Bernard Hughes being the paraclete of the Kavorka and the angel of the bottomless pit, which is also something you'll see later in um, Network. Right. And um, Howard Beale thinks that um, Ned Beatty is God, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, so there's all sorts of, um, these are common themes. And, you know, there's a lot of religiosity in um, in um, Chayefsky's film, this, that one. He did a, what I've been really trying to see is a version of um, Gideon, the biblical story, which he did as a play in a TV movie, but I was unable to find it anywhere. So I was very curious about that. And also, you know, you know, of course, the religion is cynical in um, these two films, but uh, anybody who saw Altered States, that was also about trying to find some sort of spirituality, you know, through looking inside. So he was going on a strange sort of journey, um, Patty Chayefsky. And because he was the author of his movies until um, Altered States, um, he could take you on it without too much studio interference. And to me, that's what the uh, this movie is at. This is a big budget, big release Hollywood movie that was very idiosyncratic. And um, the other thing, I'm, I'll, get, I'll let other people talk in a minute, but I really love the performances. Not only this, to me, this is my favorite performance by George C. Scott. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he he's, I feel he's amazing. I think everybody's great. There's a lot of, really strong little performance. They're all in there. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of life into these characters. In fact, one of my favorite scenes is the one they opened up the trailer with where the nurse goes to the nurse's station. Are you aware that Dr. Schaefer is in 706? Cause he's dead. What are you talking about? Perez, Dr. Schaefer, you know, is in 706 and he's dead. Our Dr. Schaefer, you know, I didn't know he was sick. You know, that is a scene that would be immediately cut from a movie. Now, people would, you know, a studio or a producer would look at that scene and says, this scene, nothing happens. They just, she should go out and say, Dr. Schaefer's in here, he's dead. But instead you have this like, it's sort of like they're having this conversation while someone's, it's like, they're not even that concerned. You know, it's sort of like, well, maybe we should go and look. 
You know, it's like, but you know, if you look at George C. Scott, he has a, like a genuine relation. His character has a genuine relationship with pretty much everyone in the film. Like when he comes in that day and the old nurse, and he asks her what's going on. You can tell he likes her, that they have a relationship, that he's known her for years. And she's just like, I think you'd better talk to Mrs. Whatever instead. You know, you can tell that nurse doesn't want to get involved. And I believe when he goes into the room, there's the upset nurse who had probably given the doctor his, um, you know, the fatal um, thing. And, you know, he like pats her on the back and like reassures her. And then he reams out everybody else. You know? yeah. But, you know, but you see in this relationship how he, how he interacts with pretty much all the characters in the film that this is, it's a, it's a great performance in the sense that you think, I, at least I do think it's, it's a real guy going through a real world that he helped create. Sean, I got to ask you something. Uh, you saw that movie on a double bill at 10 years old. Yeah. Do you remember what the other film was? I think it was a Planet of the Apes film. <laughs> well, this was billed as, you know, when you look at the marquee or the, um, it's billed as a comedy, a drama, a mystery, crime thriller, right? It had, it had all those, those headings, right? Very dark, very black humor in this oh one. My God. And you drop right in on George C. Scott, and you already know that, that, that he's at the end of his rope. Yeah. That first scene where he's smoking cigarettes and he's getting the call about the Schaefer being dead, right? Now, I think that's a great scene. You yeah. know, it's hard to pull off one of these one-person telephone calls. You know, I like how distracted he is and and he's not even much like the nurses at the nurses station he's not really comprehending what what they're saying and it's sort of like i just got to get in i'll I'll come in well they all they all ask the same question i didn't know he was sick (laughs) (laughs) they all all right uh let someone else speak who 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 uh well joe and brad do you guys like it no oh boy (laughs) I don't know how I knew that when I saw your face over there. What? what, what? <laughs> my favorite part of the movie was the 20 minutes I fell asleep during. Oh, my God. Which part was that? that I, was part. It was before the rape, and he was just going off on this diatribe. And then I woke up, and I said, what's going on? And Brad said, well, he's raping her, you know. And I was like, Ugh. okay, great, you know. Ugh. Just um, matter-of-factly, Brad. I just yeah. – Pretty much how everybody I, in that movie I, was. I just – Nobody gave a shit that people were dying. They were like, oh, okay. Because it's, I mean, because, <laughs> okay, I'm not, go ahead. Keep no, going. I will say one person gave a shit. The old guy. No, the lady with the Blue Cross Blue Shield numbers. Francis, no, Mc, whatever. Francis Sturhagen. Right. Drummond, the press lady. Which I thought was brilliant by uh, Chayefsky. Drummond, when he t- describes the operating room, I mean, the emergency room, when he's talking about all the inflictions in there, because he, he cared about those yeah. people. And they pan completely around the room and they come to him and he's actually crying. He is literally like the only person who sees these people as individuals. And he's a psychotic killer. Well, and you had that whole side plot with the housing development getting blocked by the hospital. So all these other things were coming in. What? That was actually something that really bothered me because I thought we were going to do Johns Hopkins Hospital, the movie. (laughs) <laughs> about this multi-billion-dollar hospital, uh, you know, spreading through this low-income neighborhood and all this stuff. And it, it's interesting that some of the people that are in this discussion, you really see that these are real humans in these real situations. And I mm-hmm. thought that no, none of these people felt real to me. What are you, the yeah. demonstrators? Just, no, just the whole movie. I'll talk about. Oh, really? That. I that's, really thought that's that. exactly how we. It's funny. I had the complete opposite feeling. But the the people mm-hmm. the people that are protesting. They are just another problem to get through the day at the hospital. And, yeah. and that's really, that's they what, are exaggerated characters. There's no question everybody's exaggerated. Including, but you talk that a comedy. Right, including Diana Rigg, who is a There total was no comedy flake. in that movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I laugh all the way through that movie. It was funny in that <laughs> but movie. But you were talking about the scene where she was out there talking about Dr. Schaefer being dead, I'm thinking that was, that was a hard, I'm glad that scene could be made because it's horrible. She, she, well, first of all, she goes and finds him and she's like, oh, he's dead. Oh, well. Well, how about the poor bastard that all this stuff's happening in his room and he thinks he's hallucinating all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're the telling brother, him, the they're brother, telling him he's hallucinating. Another movie. That Every time funny. somebody died, people were just like, oh, he just died. Well, because I hallucinated in Indy's no, I, yeah, I, I couldn't give a crap about these people because they didn't care about anybody. But the thing was, I understand there's and, a difference between healthcare workers being, right. you know, numbed to people dying. But this was like... No sense of urgency. No well, sense you better of go over because the guy in the corner's dead. 
It's a comedy. It's it's making a statement. That was, oh my that god. Was not, it's making a statement. I, I it's not it's, it's comedy it was at horrible. All. When I when when um the only movie when, I have disliked more that we have re- reviewed was The Counselor. And wow. Actually, I dis I liked this more than now, I will say. No, I didn't like this more than it. Well, I mean, <laughs> wait a minute. I, I need to answer this question. Outside of George C. Scott, I didn't really think there were a whole lot of really good performances. I, I felt like Bernard Hughes is the guy when he does that line at the end about, you know, and I buzzed the nurse and I knew I had an hour, right? Yeah. He says, I buzzed the nurse. So I had an hour to go do what I needed to do. He, they're making a statement about what goes on in hospitals. Just what Debbie was saying that it's crazy. People are running around. Yeah. Death must be, you just must have to be able to shelve it. And put it aside because it's happening. But that's not how I see people shelving it. I see, I see, it. I, people. Yeah, you have to kind of disassociate with it and not be take everything personally. But you still also have to take it seriously. I didn't feel like anybody was taking anything was seriously. Yeah. No, I think George C. Scott was taking yeah. it very seriously. Well, you know, it's fun. Yeah. Well, George C. He Scott was. took everything seriously. Yeah. Yes, George C. Scott. I didn't think he it- did scream his lines a little, but what he, always <laughs> he always does that. Have I you seen him in Exorcist Three? The way he does that, same. No, no I, I have not seen. It's that. awesome. He's great. He's great. Any He's of the great. I wouldn't movies. see that movie. No, well, Exorcist Three is good. George C. Scott is drinking behind Sean right now. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to say, I about what, the raper. I think what Debbie said that this is that this is real. You know, I, I totally 100% buy it. I mean, the the tone of the way they portray the hospital, the bureaucracy. I mean, that is like classic absurdist. It's out of like Russian literature or something. That that, that part of that, that that the entire medical system in modern life, and all the things that Patty Chayefsky writes about in the 70s, that they dehumanize us. That movie absolutely it does it. It, it delivers that that feeling. My problem was that. It, it didn't, and I'll talk about the the rape part later because I have some pretty strong thoughts about that too, obviously. But the talk um, about it now. The people, I don't, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about that. Let, him, work to, okay. let yeah. himself work himself up to rape. But uh, yeah, that's that's real funny. But um, Sorry. there's all these human things happening, and there's all these real things happening. But it, I, I feel like Patty Chayefsky is is trying to give you his ideas to such an extent that the people don't communicate like real people like George C. Scott's performance is amazing it's really wonderful but I never forgot that I was seeing George C. Scott doing a crackerjack monologue by Patty mm-hmm. Chayefsky I mean I've seen a lot of a lot of his movies I think Network is spectacular uh I yeah think I love Mark Network one of the most sweet charming movies I love Ernest Borgnine like this is this is really incredibly talented people across the board above and below the line working at, at full throttle but the the whole the whole notion that that this is that this is real the one thing i need in a movie is a character that i can connect to i don't have to like them it's not simple like that but i felt like there weren't really any real people even though there were things that i could relate to that would that do really happen and that are really happening and also it's it's sometimes you you see a movie and you're like is this supposed to be does this does this filmmaker think that it's going to be their last movie because they stuff everything into it, which sometimes yeah. you mm-hmm. in the first movie, and that's that's not necessarily a criticism, but it's 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 so much stuff happening at once. It's, it's I kind of feel like I'm not sure where he wants to go with this, and then you have the rape scene, uh, which they use a code word the next morning when Diana Rigg, the victim of a drunken rape, says, "You ravished me." That's yeah. nonsense. I have my own experiences with uh, suicide and mental health and never have I ever encountered anyone who said, you know, what would help you with your depression? You should rape someone because uh, that really, it didn't, it didn't take me out of the movie. Like, Oh, this is a bad movie or or something is wrong with, um, with the the whole idea of this. Cause it felt very seventies. It felt very dated. And I think it's fine that that scene would be more uh, criticized now. So I'm not I'm not looking at it with eyes and saying, oh well, they can't make it today, so I'll, I'll write it. I'll make an excuse for it. But you have a whole bunch of people that aren't acting like people, and then you have something really horrible happen because other characters are having horrible times. And look, she likes it, and she should uh, give them an escape, and they should go live in the mountains, and they'll have babies. And it just felt really, I don't know, just disrespectful and 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 ugly. Well, and, she was crazy though too. Well, but that's not an that's not an excuse either. I mean, I, I was watching this movie and I'm thinking, well, you know, basically, 
the entire history of the founding of this country is the rape of Native Americans. And you can rape women who have had sex with Native Americans because they need to be punished for doing that. Like, well, I don't think they meant that. I don't think that. It I mean, we can't. I mean, oh my God, we can't. Uh, not, it doesn't matter whether they meant it. I'm telling you, this is what. Girl, I, had you, you I, had you ever seen this? You I, had not seen this before. I've never seen this movie before. It has tons of actors in it that I like. It has a lot of things going for it as a movie. I mean, look, the fact that as Sean mentioned, the fact that a writer got a possessory credit. Yeah, that never happens. That's unbelievable. Wasn't he the narrator too? He was the narrator. Yeah, wasn't he? yeah he was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a fascinating guy. He had yeah. this incredible career. He died at 58. I mean, he's somebody that could still be... Oh, great. I didn't know he died that young. Yeah, he he didn't want to go to the hospital. That's very young, by the way. Well, yeah. I understand why after this movie. Treatment, yeah. His whole movie was based on an experience his wife had at a hospital. That's why he wrote it. I, yeah. think it's the, I think it's the lack of really feeling like these are real people, which the whole rape scene and afterwards really threw into relief. That's what kept me from really connecting with it. Even though I was admiring all the moving parts and everything. Like, did you ever see the movie Crash? Not the crappy uh, Oscar-winning one, but the one about people who get off sexually from car accidents by yeah. David Cronenberg? Yeah. That's a really bizarre movie that maybe I'll bring to the podcast one day. But one of the biggest problems with that movie is that it has all these different people that are doing crazy things, like having sex in car wrecks and getting off watching car wrecks from historical perspectives and um, having sex while cars are crashing and all this stuff. There's no character. It's supposed to be James Spader, but there's no character that says, I'm going to take you into this world. And I'm the one that you're going to relate to because I'm shocked or I, I, I know this isn't normal. And I, I couldn't figure out if that character was supposed to be George C. Scott or not because he's in real pain and he's spent his whole life working and feels like he has nothing for it and his marriage is falling apart and all these things. And then he's like, well, I, I feel so much better because I raped. And it just doesn't it, – it just throws me off so much. Understood. I mean, it definitely – that scene took me out of the movie for, for a bit. Uh, it's one of those where you go, okay – a that would never nobody would ever do that now and b yeah it took me away it's like wow they're really making light of this but what i took out of this whole film was the black comedy about the hospitals but ultimately the two the two main guys that walked away that walked back into that hospital after all this shit was the administrator and george c scott and george c scott in the middle of that rape scenario gives her this whole speech about the only thing that's keeping him alive is work he doesn't care about his erections. He doesn't care about his wives and all that. All he cares about is work. It's the only thing that makes him feel like a man. And that hospital administrator who's dealing with all those demonstrators who quit, gets up and quit. Right. There's that scene where he and George C. Scott at the end and they go, you know what? We just got to get back in there. It's our responsibility. This hospital is our responsibility. Well, let me ask and, you a question then, because if, if, if George C. Scott is saying, and he's obviously not happy about it, but he's saying work is the only thing that gets me through. And at the end of the day, even though other things have gotten me excited and made me feel more alive than I have in a long time, et cetera, he goes back to work. Is, do you think Paddy Chayefsky is saying, you know, that's good? Because to me, that feels horrifically tragic. Although I, I think, think he is saying, saying that's good. good. I, I, think he, I think he's saying that's good. I think he's saying that's a noble guy. That yeah. guy could have gone to the mountains of Mexico with that beautiful woman yeah. and chose not to. Yes. Yes, he raped her. I get it. That screws up the whole scenario here. But. Well, but she was also portrayed as she was not real. There was nothing real about her. You know, she was like the 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 first. Um, what's that phrase that um, the Pixie. manic pixie dream girl? She was like dream girl. decades before that was coined by Nathan Rabin. There's a manic pixie dream girl. There's nothing real about her. I mean, the fact that she's played by Diana Rigg makes her incredibly gorgeous and exotic. And then she just she's like, here I'm in a I'm a I'm in a, uh, an escape hatch into this world of of peace and all these things. But he says, I'm going to go back to work because I'm going to be responsible. But you've sent the whole movie showing me that you being responsible for work doesn't matter and that people are going to die and the system is bigger than you are. That, to me, that's not a bad thing for the movie to say. It's just really, it's really tragic. I mean, it's like The Wire. It doesn't matter if you're a cop or a drug dealer. The system is what's bigger than all of you, and the system is what makes the difference. But it gets down to, it gets down to the one thing, which is, you know, those, both those guys saying, you know what, we're responsible for something, we're going back in. That's how I felt. John, yeah, did you? What did you? John, you're nodding. biggest statement was, he goes, um, for the middle class, you know, love doesn't triumph, responsibility. Right. Yeah. Right. From and a man who just raped a girl. And you know? a lot right. of times, here's the thing, you have um, situations in your life, you know, things are depressing, you know, things are hard to take. But if you can work and you could, I just remember working doubles and triples. And, you know, when I was going through tough times, hard times, 
And just really work was the thing that kept me going because I didn't have time to think about suicide or, I mean, I did think about it, but work, double shifts, triple shifts, weekends, you know, straight 48 hour working. But then when you do stuff like that, you are dangerous because you're not working on full, you know, mental total capacity, but you're doing what you can to survive you know, to not, to not suicide. Cause it's really hard to live sometimes. Well, I'm sure after the fate to black a week later, he's, yeah. he's got the needle with potassium in his arm again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so right. I understand, but it faded to black. So that's John, what did you think? Well, um, after no music the joyfulness of singing in the rain, it was so good to watch something. This was a nice palate cleanser. I, I agree really with you. I appreciated that. Good palate cleanser. There's not enough depressing things going on in the world. So right. I, I really appreciated that, John. And it was, it's been a yes, lot. Let's, I all, saw let's this, all pretend I saw this like once on TV. Good ship lollipop. And I didn't remember a lot of it. Uh, but it's, it's interesting listening to everybody. Um, Cause I don't think I looked at it quite the same way. Look, it's not a movie that I would seek out. It's not my cup of tea. I like to go to the movies to laugh, to be entertained. You didn't laugh? I did not find this an entertaining movie. I thought George C. Scott's performance was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highs and lows that he hit. I know it's a lot of highs for people, but that scene where he was talking to her, um, where he went on a monologue, I mean, that was a pretty intense scene. And Ralph, to your point, his whole explanation was the thing that kept him going. It wasn't just work. It was caring for the people in the hospital. That's a little bit different than it's about work. That's why at the end they went back. It's about the people in the hospital. And he felt like he was the voice of reason in this chaotic thing that was happening throughout the movie. The only thing like, you know, they call it a black comedy and I look at mash as a black comedy. Yeah. Mash was funny with some real dark stuff in it. This had, the only thing that was funny was when a doctor would die, there'd be two people talking about another doctor died. That was the only thing that I found a little bit funny network. He did network as well. And that, but but, uh, this is not a comedy. It's just not. No, it's black humor. It's and not, it's tough I mean, it's, to watch. Now, as far as... I think it was black I, humor. Yeah. It, I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't see it as a it black comedy. Me, I just not, nothing in there struck me funny. I really? saw the, blue, the lady walking around with the Blue Cross Blue Shield number I thought, all the time. I saw it as a drama because that, to me, was... Pro- Debbie, you tell me. That was more real than anything. Yeah. When she's trying to get everyone's insurance yeah. card. Right? But, yeah, but, I it was a little funny, but... The thing about the race... It's so familiar. I mean, it's you see all the characters in that movie as typical... Right. Right. So I think that's something you would normally see. But the rape scene to go to that. And I I think I looked at it a little bit differently. And I'm not I'm not disagreeing with how anyone perceived that. But it almost like I know I'm going to get beat up for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It was almost like she saw what was happening with him and definitely felt like he was going to kill himself. That's why she came back. And in a way, because she was a very, very strong character. And I think in a way, and I, I have to word this the right way. I think to a point, she almost, I, I hate to say this, I don't think she wanted it to happen. But I think she set it up in a way that it was her way to save his life and get him out of this Ugh. funk. Now, it came across as as an ugly rape. but But the way she talked about it the next day made me believe that, in her eyes, this is the only way she was going to save this guy's life. And I'm not saying it was good, uh, a good idea or anything, but I didn't see it the way you guys saw it. Now, yeah. you could never do anything like that today at all. No, but, but sometimes, John, and we're all adults here, sometimes yeah. you, can, you can use uh, the power of sex for healing. You know, it, I'm and all it, for that, yeah. And, but I think, I think that's why I'm saying I think in a way – because she was trying to seduce him prior to that. In a way, yeah. She well, flat lady. out said, I like middle-aged men. Right. So that's why I didn't And I know you're looking at me. I know you're uh, looking at me. Uh, yeah. Don't misunderstand me. I, and I said this to Ralph. It, it was disturbing. I found it disturbing. But I also looked at it very differently than some of you. But, but overall, I mean, I, I like the performances. I love George C. Scott anyway. I thought, and he was nominated for an Oscar for this after he won for Patton. So, so uh, other people saw it that way too. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea uh, because afterwards I just, you know, I like to feel good after a movie. I didn't feel good after that movie. And I tell you this, it tells me stay out of the friggin' hospital, no matter what you do. Well, Patty Chayefsky didn't look what happened. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, but that's, that's what it funny, made me feel I laughed like. out loud when, when, when 
Uh, Laugh out loud at what? When Bernard Hughes does his speech at the end, and he's talking about hitting the button for an hour, and I, those were funny lines. I thought that was funny. It was absurd. Absurd. I, I laughed a lot at this movie. Yeah, and, and for the and, first forty minutes, I find very funny. The whole scene the in the last operating 40 room. Minutes are, I don't find funny. Where, where the where the they're wow. operating on that woman, <laughs> the wrong woman. And how right. matter of fact everybody was about what was going on with the wrong woman. Oh, and- wait, Sean, that was Bernard Hughes, right? Yeah. So it was the same character? Same no. guy, yes. And no, he was playing a double role. Oh. He, so he wasn't pretending to be that doctor. He was no. a different character. That was, that was probably a pretty bad choice. Yeah, that was confusing. I didn't know. I was 10 years old. I didn't get that. No, I didn't, I didn't get it at 58. Well, I didn't you know were the same age. I just... <clears throat> I didn't know it was the same guy. I didn't know that. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I just thought, I just assumed he snuck into the room and pretended to be the surgeon. Right. right. No, I hate the movie. No. Oh, wow. What did you Why say? You hate it now? I said, no, I hate the movie. <laughs> no, I just love, I just love Chayefsky's use of language. Well, I, like, as I soon agree. As he walks in, it's like, it's amazing. Talking about the nursing home doctor. It's like, it's axiomatic that. Nursing home doctors are already wrong. I don't know what axiomatic means, so don't use a word like that. <laughs> axiomatic. <laughs> You're a writer. What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> no, but I just love those, like, just. <laughs> he doesn't it's know. Like, as soon as those <laughs> nurses. Does that mean like body spray? What? <laughs> as, soon, as soon as those nurses start talking to each other, I'm just laughing because it's just the, the absurdity of it and also the impersonal nature of it. You know, it isn't. Yeah, like, you know, that's a good word. It, it, that's a very good descriptive word. Impersonal. That is a good word for that movie. It was. Yeah. You didn't really root for anybody in it. I mean, I, I think George C. Scott was probably the closest you got to rooting through, rooting for. Well, I like Doctor Brubaker, the other guy who explains to what happened to Drummond's father. You know, to um, Drummond. Which I one was, was Which point. one was Brubaker? He was the one who was. He was like on, in charge of that floor. And oh, okay. And he would. Well, and it wasn't his brother. And yeah, his brother, his brother, his brother, brother was, was the one. Oh, no, no, that was Mead. Oh, Mead. Oh, okay. Mead. Mead. That's why I kind of watched the movie. Another mm-hmm. thing, which I did not notice the first time I saw it, when I was ten, or even lately, is how how Chayefsky's. Because you know, by today's screenwriting rules, this would never work. That we really don't get it. You know, like you know, but you hear, you know, you see Diana Rigg. She's in, a, you know, you see her before you actually get to meet her. Right. And like Drummond, a lot of those scenes are framed around him. So it's sort of like you think, well, he's just a he's just an impersonal patient in a bed. But you know, he's he's a presence in the film even right. before you discover that he's not really in a coma. And even like Doctor Welbeck, who comes into the film late, yeah. you know, he's being paged periodically right. throughout the film. So in a sense, he's setting these characters. You know, it's all practically unconsciously. Subconscious. It's very axiomatic. Yeah, the way he does that, you know, because most people wouldn't do it. <laughs> An axiom you know, is something but, um, upon which you may rely. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Thank you, Drew. See, I, well, I, here's what I don't get. I I just can't. Uh, it, I I mean, I know that George C. Scott was giving a strong performance. I feel like. I like Ralph and Sean when they're talking about how much they like this movie. I can't wrap my head around that, and that's not a criticism. It's a, it's a, it's a. I, I just, I didn't like it. I mean, in the very beginning, it reminded me very much of Saint Elsewhere. The camera, the way they were mm-hmm. going here and there, because um, I, I was a kid when Saint Elsewhere was out, so I, I watched like the first season a couple years ago, um, and. Uh, so that part, it, but I, I don't understand how it was funny. I don't. I, wow. I, See, I that's funny. Get. I have the exact same. I knew but you weren't going to like it. I knew, I knew, I knew you weren't going to like it. And But see, I do like dark humor and I do like different things. It seems like these 1971 films, I just hate them. I don't know why. I think you're really going to enjoy Clute. Yeah, you're going to love yeah, Clute. I'm, yeah. I'm going to freaking hate Oh, yeah. It'd be on a double bill with this movie. It. You're going to love it. And Willy Wonka. <laughs> now, um, Ralph, uh, Ralph, they did a lot of handheld, right? I have no yeah. idea. Yes, they did. I mean, yeah. yeah. You have no idea, and then you say, yeah. They well, did. I mean, because I, I don't care. Okay. I, I understand why you're asking me that question, but yes, they did a lot of handheld. They did a lot of um, 
Cinema Verite, like like that scene Sean was talking about in the. Ooh, Cinema in, Verite. In the, what um, does that mean? It's axiomatic. Axiomatic, it's axiomatic like shooting. But <laughs> the pan they did across all those people in the yeah. emergency room, right? You Stuff should like ring that. the bell from now on if if somebody uses a word none of us know. Does that mean uh, I'm going to translate? Does that mean telling the truth? Well, it's supposed to be cinema that reflects real life. Okay, thank you. True is like a walking yeah, realism. You are yeah, so smart. Yeah. Like a lot of movies in this okay. era before, it's like you know we lock down the camera, we're on a track. All right. kind of, this is sort of the 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 proto version of what a lot of TV shows in the '90s, like Homicide, all with handheld cameras, and it, it puts you in the action. Yeah, more. It puts you right even there. The, even the Battlestar Galactica TV series that was on 15 years ago, which is an excellent series, they shot that almost like. It was a documentary. Like, here's a ship, and we snap zoom on it and stuff. And you would never. You're talking those. about the remake, not the original. Yes, yeah, the remake. Yeah, yeah. Well, with French yeah, Connection, they, they, did, they did the same thing. It's supposed to be a movie that that looks and feels like real life. That, it puts you right yeah. there. Puts you in the hospital. But they didn't do yeah. a lot of handheld back then, Ralph. Did they? That's shaky, how you can tell. A shaky camera look. Well, yeah, like well, French Connection, yeah. they would put guys in wheelchairs and roll them around. And you yeah, know, but this was before to, French Connection. This was seventy one, yeah. So yeah. I don't, have, I, I don't know the history of I'll when tell you, handheld it lit, started. It looked lit like the French Connection. It had yeah. a very stark. It was a very gloomy hospital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I New York City. They're first. demolishing that build, the tenement next door. Um, yeah, and you know it's on location. They shot on location, right? I think. Yeah, it felt very. Yeah. They shot real. two floors of a real hospital. Yeah. yeah so a yeah, psychiatric. It actually was a psychiatric building they were building. So he's hanging out the window. That's he's looking out the window of that hospital when he screams, "I love you." You well, know. One of the reasons I brought this film is because it goes so freaking crazy. You know, <laughs> and had it had it made, had it not been, you know, it it goes crazy with the rape, but then it goes crazy with the. Um, with the religious father and everything too. I mean, this is like totally. Well, and they had the Native that's American the, doing the. Yeah, that yeah, was. I didn't think any of that was funny. I, no, but I what? Here's two. I don't think. Second, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to what I. I I'm going to get back. The first half of the film is very funny. I want to get back to everything they say. I, I didn't think. realize it was supposed to be a comedy until you just told me. Wow. I want to get back to. Well, here's what I'm saying. Wow. Peter Travers. Wait, 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 wait. It's Ralph's podcast, Sean. No, that's fine. Go ahead. What did Peter Travers <laughs> well, Here's what Peter Travers said. Get Travers. It, um, four Peter out Travers. of four stars. Why Peter Travers? This bliss- he loves everything. Yeah. This, I like Travers. After Ebert, Travers is probably my favorite. Um, this blistering, cynical satire written by Patty Chayefsky is one of the darkest movies ever made. A cold eye lament for a society torn apart by the upheavals of the 60s. The hospital of the title is a sinkhole of moral chaos and despair, presided over by George C. Scott, a suicidal fallen knight of a surgeon who wants to stop caring but can't. Inside the hospitals, doctors and nurses are mysteriously dying outside the places under siege by Black Panther-type radical. Then the leggy Brit Diana Riggs shows up and things get really weird. You know, that's funny. That stuff sounds funny, doesn't it? Funny is no. such a relative term, isn't what it? I, what, <laughs> what I wanted to say before all this. Ignore, ignore what we have, what's caught our eye. I mean, Sean, I, I, I wish you hadn't pitched it to us this way, but you said the hospital is one of these movies. It's Patty Chayefsky. It's from this era, but it loses a lot of people halfway through. So when we got to that point, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I could certainly <laughs> see that. that I, was, think, I did say that's what I was curious about. My, my, so accurate. I want to I clarify that my issue wasn't that the movie portrayed a rape. It's the way that the, the, the rape was dealt with after the movie. Because yeah. I, I, I'm not, I think you can show anything in a movie and you can do whatever you want with it. I've certainly seen an awful lot of people die horribly in movies, things like that. But I just watched a movie not long ago. It's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time that I cannot recommend to everyone. Uh, it's called The Nightingale. I don't know if you guys saw The Babadook, but it's that director. Yeah. I saw The Babadook. Yeah. Okay, so that director did a movie. I didn't like that either. That's also also a pretty specific taste, that movie. But The Nightingale is about a woman who is essentially raped and her family is destroyed in Tasmania in uh, the 19th century, and she um, wants to get revenge. Now, I've said that you think you know what that movie is about. You don't know what that movie is about in the very best way. It's really like the fact that the rape in the movie was brutal and awful to watch, but I didn't feel like... I don't know why this movie is showing that. I don't know why this movie is doing what it's doing with that. Because it really, the idea of sex as healing is not the same as rape as healing. 
Yeah. yeah. I understand, I understand yeah. The, re- the reading that she thought maybe I can save his life if I let him think he takes me. I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's. I don't think Ill- you're off with saying that, yeah. John. Yeah. I really don't. I don't think, I don't think so. But you know, the, it, the, it just, it just rammed home the problem that I was having, which is these, this feels like a real dehumanizing situation, but I don't have any characters that I can connect to because I'm constantly thinking, Oh my God, this is great acting. But if I do that, the whole movie, I'm not watching the doctor who's losing mm-hmm. his mind tell you how mm-hmm. he feels. And I also like how and George C. Scott yells into a closet in this movie, but for network, he yells out the window. <laughs> there's, a, there's a monologue like that. So it does, it does evolve over time. Yeah. Well, I will say as a writer myself, I know how triggering suicide is, as, as you probably know my story, you know, how triggering suicide is and how triggering rape is. So, I was going to ring when you said author, but I'm not going to ring when you say suicide and rape. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that may send the wrong. I, I was late on that, so I'm glad yeah. I didn't hit it. I saw your hand reach. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Judgment. There you go with this one, Ralph. No, but to me, I don't think. And suddenly we went viral. Make a film <laughs> about rape or um, or suicide unless that was what the film is about. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Unless right. that's the central right. event. I wouldn't do that because I think it, it, it is a triggering event, you know. And, um, you know, I almost killed myself. I had two siblings kill themselves. So, you know, oh, I, I've I didn't been know there. that, Sean. And, um, oh, yeah, you should read my books. They're very, you know, oh, they're all God. about suicide, all my books. <laughs> oh, my God. And um, I don't think you – I don't think uh, – here's I, – I, too, you know, had suicidal – Thinkings. You didn't come as close as me, though. No. Oh my God! Now we're we actually competing. And, you know, oh, marriage, oh. husband, and wife. This is some dark humor going on right now. When yeah. you're a person that looks at life and you want to go to the edge, you know, sometimes you go to that edge. Yeah. So, but, and then you stand on the precipice and you say, "No, let me work a double." You know, I was uh, never one to work the double. All right, listen. But, but um, the movie, I understand. But no, that, no, so what I'm saying is, to, to me. Um, you see, I, I wouldn't write this movie, but, uh, you know, it is just so, to me, this is a guy that's just, um, by this I mean Chayefsky, it's sort of like he's tearing everything up. I mean, this is just a really, really dark view of this world. And to me, that's why this is like, why it's, to me, it's an important piece of 70s film. Yeah. Because... 70s were the only time you could you could never i mean even if you take out the rape you could never make this film just the um just the utter darkness of it well it would never be a theatrical film you know you know, you know how i can i can just i i can get this across to you ralph of how why i didn't like this movie you know how you can't stand black and white movies you you just don't like them I, I'm serious. You, there are certain movies you just don't like, and I got it. I concur with Rojo on that one. I can't relate to this. I I wasn't I interested in a lot of the characters. Once the rape happened, I was like, "Well, George C. Scott, you can kiss off." You know what I mean with how with how it all happened. You know, and you can keep looking disgusted, Ralph. It's I'm not. I'm trying. I'm thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> um, about black and white but, films, right? But now. I think that. <laughs> But I, 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 and it'll be interesting what I, what I think about Clue because I really, oh, I, my God. Brett, I, got a I pretty don't want to every movie that was made in 1971 or that was made around that time. But it reminds me of how, you know, uh, how we've talked about, um, for example, with Singing in the Rain, there's some overacting, we all know it. And, and, and some of the old, um, like the gangster films, you dirty rat, you'll kill my brother, you know, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> We, if you can't remove yourself from that and, and get past it, you can't enjoy the movie that in the way that other people do. And, and for some reason, I don't know if it's the way the movie was made. I don't know if it's how it's the, the, the acting was. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it, it was is. a combination. I think it was but, the acting. But I, I can't. The dinginess of the. The film and the well, it's the time period. You're going from that the 60s surprise to me. There's a lot of films. Vietnam War. I, mean, I like the French Connection. Those movies all have a similar theme, and yeah. you know the way it's shot. Yeah, it's called Desperate. It's, uh, Van, what's the um, Parallax View? Yeah, I mean, you go through the 70s. There's all these paranoid films about the government. Right. There's all this mm-hmm. big, you know, it's like when hospitals you talk about are movies. Like I like to talk about the classic movies. You talk about them in a certain way. 
this early 70s, late 60s, early 70s are also fit in a box of uh, how they're made, uh, what they're about. Like, you know, we always say you couldn't make it today. You couldn't make some of those movies. I don't know if I agree with Sean that they wouldn't make a movie this dark, even if you take out the rape scene. I don't know if I buy that. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think theaters. they could. I can't think a, of one. Yeah. I can't think like of a reason. Some wouldn't play in China. Well, no. that's, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's why you, you would make it for a streaming service or something. Yeah, like that. yeah that's yeah. what I mean. You could make it for a streaming service. You could not make well, it. Well, St. Elsewhere was pretty much, you know, ER. I mean, that, that was those are pretty dark stories they used to tell in those mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. yeah they had so, beautiful people like think, you. Well, yeah. I think Wojo's objection, I, I respect the way that you're putting it because there's, and, and everybody who said something they don't like about the movie is not saying something different from this, but you're basically saying, I am, I am put off by this movie very strongly, very specifically. There's no part of that that says, so they shouldn't have made it. Right. Yeah. Should never oh, no, because no, other people really liked it. Right. right. I, I can't wrap my head around how people can like it. Like, uh, there right. are other movies I've seen where, mm-hmm. you know, you others, uh, others here really liked it and I didn't care for it or vice versa. You know, I love the Hudsucker Proxy. I know you think I'm, cr- some of you think I'm crazy, uh, but I just do, you know? I love it too. I loved it. The thing is, but, you know, I, I think it's important because we live in a world of cancel culture and things like that. So there are people who yeah. would say, no one should ever watch that movie, blah, blah, blah. I think that mm-hmm. this movie... Is well, a- that gets back to the rape scene again. Okay, it's, so the rape scene... That, I mean, this is, a is, movie that won, this is a movie that won Oscars. By, yeah, I know. A lot of Oscars. And I couldn't wrap my head around that either. But then again... Movies that won those awards 20 years later and 20 years after. Yeah, I don't know. What was it up against? Too, but this only won, no, this only won for screenplay, didn't it? No, no I'm saying... Yeah, but it was nominated. It had a lot of nominations. The writer won Oscars. The movie was... like This was one of the big contenders. You know, the, the English Patient is, a, is, a, is an era of... of, uh, of it was the, number two at the box office, too, if I remember right. That was my question. Did this movie yeah, do well? It did really well. Yeah, it did well. It was it number was two. I can't remember what number one was. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they loved right back in the 70s. No one's talking about the background of this. Uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. God almighty. George Um, Scott was going through some serious stuff during this. Now, you know, having said that, I'd be fascinated for you to watch The Devil all the time. Oh, we're not going to talk about the hospital anymore? But I want to see the – I want to – because that's a movie that's got hardly any redeeming characters. So you want us to watch it instead of Clute? No, I want you to watch Clute. Well, you can't give us two movies to freaking watch, not, all right? I'm just, I'm just suggesting. I just, I would like to see the reaction because and Clute's pretty upbeat, right? So we ought to feel very pretty upbeat. That's over. Very upbeat. It's about a powerful woman, powerful. making her way. Yeah, it's life. like who, who killed Mister Body, and and, <laughs> and who was responsible, and where are we going? I'm going to hate this movie, aren't we? Got it. We got to hate it because we'll you've seen it, and I am going to despise. I, well, Joe, I, I haven't have seen not it. Seen Clute since the 70s. I haven't seen it since I was 12 years old. I swear to God. So I can't wait to see how it affects me now because I know how it affected me then. It may affect you differently, like the way Debbie with um, sure. Spitfire. Oh, we were Spitfire talking about that yeah. today with Spitfire Girl. That Spitfire? was that was one yeah. of the best. Um, yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, it's this is a that's a it's a good discussion. That's a good discussion. Well, that's yeah. I I will. You may you may be surprised that I brought this film in to provoke a response. That's unusual for you. I'm I'm shocked. I'm downright yeah. stunned. <laughs> um, I, I felt that we were all. I felt that we were all liking the films too much. You know, that that, we, I you agree with you. Put put them so into that. You woke up one morning and thought, <laughs> like I said, I nice palate cleanser. You got off. You got off. Because I was going to go with Clockwork Orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That would have been a good addendum to uh, that to singing in the rain. That, that would have been a nice mix. You can't take right, anything in the rain and stuff. abuse it. Let's I, I tell you, I am more troubled by like the the wanton rape in Clockwork Orange than in this. Oh, that's a terrible scene. I mean, it's it's a gruesome well, scene. Yeah, there's more yeah. than one. You know, yeah. you, you you should be more troubled by that. It's just it's supposed to trouble you. It's supposed to be exactly. That's, that's the whole point. Horrible. Right? That's the oddness of this film is that you're supposed okay. to forgive this one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people's raped is uh, another person's uh, idea of of hot sex. Yeah. Okay. Spoken like General Hospital. Okay. So let's just. You know what? You know what? You know, if they had. That was just to provoke a response. If they had re edited that so that he didn't rape her, that it was just uh, seduction. I don't see it as a rape. Oh, he raped her. He ripped her dress. He, He admitted to raping her the next morning. 
No, he, he said, said he said he, I raped he came you. Why do you want to be with me? I right. raped you. She said she got ravaged. He said I raped you. And three more times. Right. So if, if they had well, recut that to be no more word. of a seduction, you'd have a completely different feeling. I would have too. Well, I, you know why? But here's the thing. I don't think it would have worked without this, you know, I think he was so suicidal, so destroyed. Do you remember the scene in um, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid where Sundance comes in and he, yeah. and he yeah, takes – What's her name? And he, he yeah. takes her shirt off. That Catherine was essentially Rush. he's he, with a gun, pointing a gun at yeah. her, right? Yeah. That so was that's, imaginary because they knew each other. They were. Well, you didn't know that. You didn't know that. You didn't know it. But then so, you realized. You know, I'm saying was, in our 2020 eyes, that rape scene did take me out of the film for a second. It's like, oh my god, that's a little too. But you know, but then I get right back into it because I liked all the other stuff around that. And she was, I loved her character. I'm going to admit, I'm staring at her legs too, going, wow, she was, you know. Diana Rigg was beautiful. So you'd go live in the mountains with goats for her. I would go to the mountains with goats for her. Gabby was very disappointed that she's like, well, he's that. I go, well, what is he going to do? Yeah, of course he's going to go off. He had had his people to worry about. Yep. Just just as we go on with rape, one more. I'll tell you a a rape scene that I really don't like is is a film you're going to bring to the podcast. You're mentioning Ralph is uh, outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah, because it's um. Oh yeah, the Indian lady. No, you know um the girl that he was involved with. Um, what's oh, her Sandra name? Locke, Sandra Locke. Sandra Locke. She gets. She's like almost raped. Yeah. But it's sort of like it's traditional. The movie is traditionally shot on a tripod. Like every scene in the movie, until they get to the rape, and then they go handheld, and they're you know it's it's purient. You know what I mean? Purient? Yeah. Okay, could someone tell us what that means now? You know, it's like, like they took pleasure in filming. Thank you. Thank you, Drew. Welcome. Yeah. So to me, and it's so out of character. I mean, this is a very dark movie. You know what I mean? And and it and it and it's and it's one of these films where anything can happen. You know, and if it's dark, it probably will. Listen, if we go uh, back and we retroactively like a, traditional, a traditional western that really takes like this gleeful (laughs) but if you retroactively go back and look at all movies that have date rapes in them we'll be here all night yeah no but i'm just saying that how many of those movies where people end up um, falling in in love with each other that started off as a date rape grease with all that great acting good acting thank you you're right i will say i do have difficulty with some of these john hughes films and like revenge of the nerds he rapes in revenge of the nerds he rapes that woman with a mask on Okay, you know, so, yeah, it's we so go... stupid. It's like he couldn't recognize she couldn't recognize. All right, all right, we're done. We're done. No more rape. I like I don't the fact talk about this completely anymore. Gotten let's, away from let's, the uh, let's rate. I love not that. rape. Let's rate the film, starting oh with Wojo and Brad. Let me see the film. This is horrible. Please. I hated this okay. film. I'll never watch it again. Okay. Yippee Kai. <laughs> okay, Drew. I'm gonna go with Yippee Kai Meh because there's yeah. so much about it that works, and then I I personally can't get past not that there's a rape in it, but the way that it's handled. Understood. Yeah. For me, Understood. personally, it, by the way, by the way, I need to say this: everybody's opinions matter, Wojo. It's not that I'm rolling my eyes and poo pooing. I totally understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to know that, John. What's your uh, well? Your I don't know if I can recommend the movie, but what I can recommend is hit the like button and the share button. We Terrific. really need to expand our presence out there. Right. No, I. You know what? I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it a yippee ki yay. Again, it's not my cup of tea, but uh, George C- George C. Scott's performance is amazing, and I would recommend it for that. But uh, it's not my cup of tea. Okay, Sean, Debbie. Well, Sean's gonna be so surprised when I say this, but I I like the movie for the thinking part of it. And uh, but I'm gonna say yippee ki <laughs> Wow! Wait, did you go all what the way? Back? I don't know what that means. Is that a man or an or a nay? It's an it's yes and no. Okay, so I'm yippee ki I'll tell you. I like the performances. I mean, they were super. But um, you Find know, a little axiomatic. I get it. <laughs> axiomatic. Yeah. Um, John. Well. I'm yippee Kaye. I mean, I saw this film. I found it fascinating when I was 10. And um, oh, who took you? You know, to I will it? say I mean, that. I know. I was thinking, you know how scarred I would have been watching I mean, when I was, was 10? Second, 
It was the second bill at the drive-in. He was supposed to sleep through it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mom and dad took you. But even that, what a combination of movies! I don't even get that. (laughs) John said, "I saw Barbie the Love Bug is the first one, and then The Exorcist (laughs) is the second. Exactly. I think I saw Clute and Flesh Gordon in the same night at the drive-in. Well, that makes sense, right? I I love Patty Chayefsky's way of way way with words. I mean, hell, I even like paint paint your wagon. You know, so because is that he, his, yeah. yeah, he wrote it. Uh, no, he took his I, name off of altered states too. Did you yeah. know that? And yeah, I like that, that earlier. Too. Yeah, you could cut that out though, Ralph, when he mentioned it, so you can take it for your. I own. didn't hear him. I guess I was not paying attention. Uh, Sorry. You were probably rolling your eyes at Wojo at that time, but it didn't, <laughs> didn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was probably what he was going. Yeah, exactly. I'm Yippie Kaye. saying that because you do such a good job with this podcast. I'm Yippie Kaye as well. That's enough. Okay, so next week. We're going to have another 70s. I'm going to hate the movie again. Flash. Maybe. You may. Spoiler. Uh, Clute. I don't know how you guys can find it. It's a tough one. If I have to, I can. Isn't it in the Criterion it. Collection or something? It, it may be, but that's a, that's a pay for that thing, don't is you? Is it on the, um, is it that little so phone? What you're out? telling me is I'm going to have to pay for a crappy movie again. Uh, wow. That's the wrong attitude to go into this, but yes. <laughs> I'm just yes. Can I say something before we go? Please do. Um, I, I would just, I, I think I want to say thank you because people were really honest about what they reacted to in the movie and sharing some of their personal experiences as I did. And I, I just, I think that's really important and thank you. And I appreciate your honesty. No, well, you're welcome. Are you sure you're not a therapist? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, I see a lot of therapists. Oh, okay. All right. Because that sounded like a therapist thing to say right that's there. Awesome. Wait, thank you, Drew. And Drew, we appreciate you. Yeah. Same also, thing, the so. irony, the irony of someone being really ill with depression and the last place he should be is the hospital is, <laughs> or or on a podcast with us. <laughs> See the other one. Right. All right, everybody, enjoy right, Clute. I know ya. you will. Now, oh, Joe, I what? want you to watch it in the middle of the day, not when you're half asleep. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <the middle of day. laughs> You were watching Clute on Amazon. Clute is on Amazon Prime. Clute is on Amazon for two ninety nine. Okay, there you go. It's worth the money. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. And I saw this. You picked it. You should give us all two bucks a piece. I saw this at a drive-in with a bunch of people. So I'll explain that next podcast. It's axiomatic. I had a very axiomatic evening that evening. That's for sure. By the way, I you know. Because, you know, um, I'm glad you all watched this film. Um, you Sean, know, I loved it. Was, Thank you. Thank no, you no, very much. I thought this was a very good discussion about about movies, you know. And um, this, is a, this is a film that's, you know, disturbing in a couple ways, you know. And um, it was interesting to hear everyone's viewpoint on it, you know, as, as time passes by. That's why, that's why we do this. Yeah. So. No other reason. We're not making any money doing this. So what else oh, you're doing? not. I've been getting all the Patreon dollars. I <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a safe week. And uh, I can't wait to hear your Clute reviews. Okay? Oh, God. I don't yeah. know if I can. Yeah, we'll see. See ya. Bye. <laughs>